are very delighted, very happy to be here. Thank you, Pastor Anthony, for accepting us and receiving this nagging from ministers. We feel at home. Isn't it amazing how God fills our life with divine, you know, things, divine happenings, or it's not just random things that are happening, but God has a plan for it all. Uh, the church that I'm part, we were part of before in Haifa, is Living Water Church. Also, so, and it's amazing when we were getting married. By the way, we we're married uh, almost ten months now, and uh, we uh, expect a baby, little Moses on the way, our firstborn, New Covenant Moses, the one who will contribute to a second exodus of Israel, we believe. And when we, we had our engagement, our, our wedding ceremony, again, on the background we had ancient water supplying system that was built in times of Herod, and for a thousand years it supplied water from Golden Heights to Caesarea. And we believe that God is joining us just as those arches that are standing there to, for his living water to flow from uh, one place to the other. And we believe that the Holy Spirit revives places where he comes, where he visits. It's an honor, a privilege for us to be here. We feel so much at home. Where the presence of God is all over you. Thank you for your worship, wonderful worship that you do. It is amazing. In Israel, we say that if it's a prayer and a, a service to God from from another country, it's a long-distance call. But if it's from Israel, it's a local call to God. <laughs> but we believe that it's it's a local call here today. We're two or three are gathered. Holy Spirit is right here, and we are in Israel now, in the Holy Land, in the presence of God. It's amazing. And, uh, I'm so privileged and so thrilled and blessed that God gave me this wonderful wife, Christina, my wife, my wonderful, beautiful wife. <clears throat> and as I say always, I love, I love her with all my heart and my lungs and my kidneys and my liver, <laughs> every part of me. And uh, we recently, uh, when we had our wedding, some lady that was arranging the, mm, the wedding she said that she has connection to Israel television, a secular television show. And she uh, heard that we are both singers. We met on the stage, and she said she wanted to connect us. And so Israel television, secular television, called us, and they asked us to participate in Israel Got Talent shows, kind of this guy. And it was, they said, what kind of music do you sing? We said, we sing um, gospel songs. We are Messianic believers. Uh, what is it? Praise the Lord, hallelujah, Jesus Christ, like this? Say, yes, it's this kind of songs that we're singing. We're interested, please come. And so we came, we passed all the auditionings, and we have a stage there for us to start filming us. And we believe it's, it's a divine time and divine appointment that we, if God's will to preach the gospel this way, we're willing, we're ready for it. 
And, and it is a miracle. For Israel, it's not common for Messianic believers, for Jewish believers in Jesus to come to this stage in secular television. But God can do miracles. Have you heard we have vision for Israel to start a new church in Tel Aviv? Uh, we are both uh, speaking three languages, English, Russian, and uh, Christina have not to learn but to remember because she has Jewish roots. Uh, Hebrew language, <coughs> sorry, and uh, also Christina speaks Latvian language. Uh, we want to do a church in three languages, maybe three churches in the beginning. Uh, we expect God to do miraculous things Amen. and to use us as his vessels to bring salvation to the nation of Israel. And my wife just uh, tell me uh, that I, we would like to invite all of you guys to come to Israel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, please. please come. <clears throat> Let's pack up our bags. Yeah, I know. So yes, this is. There's so much things going on in Israel now. God is building His kingdom, and the churches are growing, and they're spread all over in every town and city. And this is the end time revival that we are expecting and we're praying for. We believe that God is going to pour out his spirit in our flesh. And there is no way to resist his presence where he is coming and where his spirit is flowing. People are being transformed and being changed yes. into the image of Christ because God is embracing them and he is loving them. And there's divine love that there's no way, it's the greatest. Uh, weapon is it is it okay yeah. oh so is okay now it's better And uh, we are expecting God to move mightily in the land, and we believe that God is raising up worshipers and uh, intercessors. We are praying that God will base our uh, ministry upon those two uh, areas, and we want to raise up worship bands and worship uh, and singers to the Lord, and the younger generation, that God will bring. Uh, will transform, will change the atmosphere over Israel through this ministry. You know all about intercession. We're not just writing, thinking about writing commentaries or looking upon the circumstances of life. We're transforming them. We're defining the reality of the kingdom which is above this earthly realm to to, for God to come and rule and reign in the land. Yes. And we are praying that he will uh, bring ma many more, from not only from Israel, but also from other countries. People will come and help and, and build up the altar of worship and, and intercession. So I would like to release ironic blessing upon uh, the church, if, uh, if, it, if you don't mind, in Hebrew. Yes. 
יאר אדוני פניו אליך ויישם לך שלום. אדוני, אנחנו מודים לך על האספה הזאת והמשיכה שלך. מרעננת שאתה שופך על כל הקהילה, ואנחנו מברכים את כל האחים והאחיות שלנו פה. תן לחסד שלך לפעול במקום הזה, ורוח הקודש שתיגע בנו ותרפא. We are in blood covenant with you, Lord, and your Yahweh Shama, your presence is with us. Emmanuel, your Yahweh Shalom, you're giving us peace and joy as we, as beyond our understanding. Your Yahweh Tzedkenu Mekadesh, your our holiness, righteousness, and purity. And your Yahweh Nisi, your banner of victory. And we say these are not our battlefields, but your battlefields, and you will fight for us. And your Yahweh Ire, your provider, you will provide for all our needs. Yahweh Roi, you are our shepherd. You're leading and directing our steps and guiding us. And your Yahweh Rufecha, you're our healer. You're healing our spirit, soul, and bodies, and by your stripes we are healed. And we accept today the blessing that, is, that you have obtained for us on the cross. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. to say that God is the source of it all. If someone will tell any one of us that we are, we have, we're lacking any fruit or of the spirit, meaning any love or anything, we, are, we can easily agree with this because we're not the source of love. We are, we are uh, God is the source of love. And without accepting first from his love, we cannot impart anything to anyone. So. It's our first goal to, to simply come and accept God's love and to understand that we are the object of his love and he decided to love us. And we cannot do nothing to earn his love, but all we can do is accept it. And just you were singing before that uh, your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out of me. And the second song, you're expressing love for Jesus. So because he first loved us, we can love him back. This is an essential thing that, that we believe that we're standing on. We are the channel of God's love. And divine encounters, I wish for every one of us to, um, be, to experience in, the, in those latter days the divine encounters with divine love of God. When I um, was ordained as pastor in 2004, um, I ministered... Uh, uh, as a youth leader and as a pastor preaching and many times I was a little aggravated and you know I was maturing uh, and I felt that when I am angry on, on someone I'm like Jesus with a whip you know? <laughs> I'm just I remember this case when God Jesus is entering <coughs> I remember that um, um, Jesus was entering the, the, the sanctuary and he overthrown the tables. But what I was missing is that it was, he was led by love back then at time. Because God, God's love is, is the judgment of God is 
all about removing the obstacles of his, for his love to be poured out on people. And that's why he says, and my house shall be called the house of prayer for many nations. Nations are people. It's all about souls. And Jesus was uh, uh, making room for his love to be poured out. But I was thinking that uh, he's like very upset. And I was representing this kind of God to people many times. You know, we, we, preachers might sometimes, your pastor never does it, I'm sure. But at times, uh, uh, if there's a younger people who are starting in the ministry, they can, uh, they can go through that process. And it's so, it's, we are such a blessing, it's such a blessing to see that God never gives up on us. When he starts, just as pastor said before, he has finished in mind. He who started, he is able to bring it to completion. And he's looking upon us and upon every situation. And if we're talking about Israel today, upon Israel against the background of his destiny. His, uh, his purpose to gather Israel back was not to leave them there, but to pour out his spirit upon all flesh, upon those dry bones that they will become flesh. And uh, this is the real purpose of it all. And so God sees and he sees hope and destiny uh, for the people that uh, an individual, every believer, when we start with God, um, just like disciples of Jesus, you know, they had so, so many, so much immaturity in them. But Jesus, he's an expert to discern the, the fruits in their beginning stages. The fruits of the Spirit, you know, we're, we're saying, but my, my, my love for God is so small. But God would say to you, it is there. And this is the emphasis. And you're going to grow. You're going to mature in it. Mature in any, any fruit of the Spirit. And he is expert to discern not the obstacles. Though he does it and he removes them. But he is an expert to see the investment that he did in our lives. Through the redeeming love of Jesus Christ on the cross. And he, I believe that Jesus wants to impart into us this point of view as he sees people, as he looks upon people, that we will see people like that. That we could believe in best in people. You know, it's, it's very easy to get upset. People are, it's not all the, all, only when we are being, we are sinning against someone, but many times it's someone sinning against us. And that's why we need healing, healing of our hearts from uh, divine encounters with God's love. You know, and uh, when I was maturing, I started with Jesus with a whip, but then there was a season of intense seeking of God, God's face. And I was fasting a lot. And I, I, have, I came to a realization, there's, I have a hidden agenda in motivating people to fast. Because when you're fasting, you're becoming harmless. It's one thing to become beneficial, but harmless, it's a great achievement. In, in the Bible, in, 13, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it's written, love doesn't do that, doesn't do that, doesn't do that. It is passive in the fleshly things, in harming other people. But what, what, what God, God does in fasting, when we're surrendering to Him... He is making us extremely dangerous for the real enemy. We don't want to hurt any person, but we surely want to hit the target without hitting people. And, 
and destroying those obstacles and those are in other words our warfare is not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers of the darkness but to discern it and to to make uh, to react in the spirit is the grace of God that gives us this ability and so I was fasting and I came to the point where God started to reveal to me and uh, and making me transition from Jesus with a whip to Jesus with a towel. When Jesus comes and he humbles himself, not only he came as a person, as a human being to the earth, it was already greatest humility, but he also humbles to to serve his disciples. And he kneels down and he washes the feet of disciples. And divine encounter being imparted into his disciples. Through this divine encounter, the disciples find destiny. And, you know, we're not, <clears throat> we're not flying in the air. We're walking on the earth. And there's sometimes dust clinging to our feet. And Jesus said in, in, uh, when he gave instructions to his disciples, when you enter in a one village and someone doesn't accept or rejects you, you got to dust off your feet and go to the next person, uh, destination. Because the negative experience that you had before is not applicable to the n- uh, next destination that I'm ca- taking you towards. So dusting off those hurts, this pain, these things from our feet. But at times we, there are things that we cannot just dust off ourselves. We need Jesus to come and minister to us and to make our hearts tender again and to help us get rid of, the, of those dusty things. We are uh, expert at times from hiding our dusty feet as if God doesn't know something. But God sees right through us. And, he, and we are transparent before Him. He knows everything and there's nothing to hide before Him. And yet before you, he, he knew that we're going to, to, He knew about our dusty feet so to speak. Figuratively, He chose us before the foundation of the earth. He chose us and He believed in us and He had destiny for us to fulfill. That's why we are to be confident in the process while we are maturing. To be confident that He was going to bring it to completion. And this is the the point where we should look upon the younger generation. The younger generation, you know, when um, Moses called the 12 spies and said, go and spy on the land, or the promised land, uh, 10 of them came and said, we're grasshoppers. There are great giants in the land. And there was, they were looking uh, upon the, uh, the obstacles through the lens of fear. But two of them, Joshua and Caleb, said that we're going to take this land. There are giants, but our God is for us, and He is greater than any giants. We don't deny that there, are, there is some warning and some difficulties, but God is greater. And I believe God is raising up generation of Joshua's and Caleb's, those who truly know that God is greater, and He is stronger than any obstacle that we can face. In our own life, in the lives of other people, the way we look upon the, uh, uh, the circumstances or the new generation that faces so many giants. The giants are not the emphasis. The emphasis is upon the greatness of God. You know... And I love to say, that who is holding our magnifying glass today? Because well, the enemy wants to magnify in other people and in your life the things that are the failures, the, the, the things that are like uh, making you stop before you're reaching the, the, uh, the promised land. If you give up yourself, 
then you're going to lose. But if you don't, you're going to win for sure. So he knows that. And so he, he's using this magnifying to put an emphasis on the, the giants and making them even greater and, and showing dif difficulties. But it's about time that we are taking our magnifying glass and entrust it into the hands of the intercessor of the new covenant who is looking upon us and he's saying, you're well able because my grace is with you. And you're going to succeed. And so Jesus comes to his disciples. He washes their feet and he comes to Peter. And Peter said, no, 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 uh, you won't wash my feet. It is too hum humbling to me. You know, it's, there's nothing like being humbled by the love of God. It, I, th I think, I think this, the true uh, meaning of humility is, 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 is coming from the love of God, from the grace of God. I, I thought before that he is coming to humble us with humiliation or embarrassment or putting us down. But on the other hand, but it's, it is completely different when he comes to us. He wants to come and, and bring us up. He's coming to kneel us down and bring, bring us up. This is how God humbles us. And then you're thinking, this is too much. I can't handle it. Why me? Why so much love you're pouring out into my life? This is humbling us so much. And God gives grace to the humble. But God gives grace to be humble. Because humility, it's a very interesting thing. When we think we're humble, we're no longer humble. We're losing the humility. So, so it is important to remember that our humility comes straight from God who is the source of our, our lives and we can please God so easily when he is uh, he's giving us this humility it is natural to us we don't need to give to to give too much effort it's all about being transforming being transformed from glory to glory as we look upon uh, Jesus Christ we're becoming more like him we're maturing because of who he is we can please him and it's in our DNA, it's in our inner core, in who we are, to please God. So you never see the apple tree to bear, bear, bearing apple, like, there's one apple, there's another apple coming up. No, it's, it bears apples because it is an apple tree. And this is who we are. It's in our being part of the wine of Jesus Christ. We are bearing fruit because it's in our nature. We, are, we, we were reborn. We are transformed by him. And so Peter is being humble there. He's, uh, he's saying, you'll never wash my feet. And Jesus says, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have a part of me. In other words, you cannot go to the, dis the, the next destiny uh, that I'm taking you towards without me serving you with my unconditional love. Because Peter used to earn everything in life. He was a strong, hard worker. And he worked whole night through and caught nothing in his nets. And then in the morning, Jesus says, just throw the net one more time. And we'll see what, what will happen. And the nets are full. And God reveals and taught him step by step. And uh, <clears throat> he, he convinced Peter in, about the measure of love that he has for him. Before that, Peter, uh, you remember this instant that he said, Jesus said, who, who do people say that I am? And they said what the people think. And they said, well, who, who do you say that I am? 
And Peter raises up and says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Peter, because not flesh and blood revealed it to you, but my Father who is in heaven revealed it unto you. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Upon the foundation of connection with the Father, receiving the revelation about Jesus, who Jesus is, from the Father. And then Peter says, oh, I'm genius. Jesus starts speaking... Jesus, Jesus starts speaking uh, the, about the cross and he comes and says, No, Jesus, stop. Don't do it. You, we, you don't need the cross. And he says, Get behind me, Satan. And he, I, he says, because, Peter, because you're thinking not about God's thoughts, but about your carnal thoughts, the mindset of, of you relying upon yourself, this is the most dangerous place to be in. And then... Peter said, if everyone will deny you, I will never deny you. Oh, Peter, you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> you're very strong, but you're not strong enough. At times I think we've got to be weak in order to be strong in the Lord. And um, he said, but anyhow, I will wait for you on the other side at the end of the tunnel. And I, I, I already knew that you're going to go through that. Isn't it encouraging when God knows all the things we went through and we're going to go through, and yet He chose us, chose us and He believes in us. And there on the seashore of Galilee, you know, it's a very common place for us when we go with our, with our youth, about 30 people or, or so we're coming, and we're just doing their barbecue on the seashore of Galilee or in, at the Jordan River. It's very common. I mean, like, it's a day. so it's very easy for us to see it also. And Jesus is standing there in the morning, and he asks Peter now, Peter, do you love me? And he says, Lord, you know that I love you. He's not saying, his emphasis is not upon me, but upon you know that I love you. And Jesus said, I entrust you with my sheep. Feed my lambs. Because, you know, it's, it's interesting that God never asks a question to get some information that he doesn't uh, have. <laughs> but he asked Peter because he knew about Peter something that Peter didn't know about himself. The love that he imparted into his heart while he was ministering to him. That's the love that's going to carry it out and gave him boldness of a lion when he stood there in Jerusalem preaching the gospel. And another thing in John, he right away took this possession. He said, and the disciple whom Jesus loved. He didn't say, and the disciple who loved Jesus, though it would be a right thing to say, but he identified himself with an object of God's love. And that's why when all the uh, disciples sitting... Jesus entrusts the secret information by who going to betray him only to John. If he would entrust it to Peter, uh, Judas would not get reach the door. <laughs> but he entrusted it to the one, the disciple whom Jesus loved. You know, at the cross, no one standing there except one of the disciples, the disciple whom Jesus loved. He's looking upon the cross and this perfect love that he sees chases away any fear from his eyes casts out all fear and Jesus 
gives the greatest hum, uh, compliment the person can hear, a human being can hear from God. It says, I trust, and he trusts you with my mother, the one who is living, and I can trust you. God can trust those who are, whose hearts are tendered with his love. He can trust you and me. The, the more we are receiving his love, the more we can share it. And Jesus, he believes that he is going to bring it to completion. There is continuation. There is, there is no desperate situation. God has destiny and hope for your life. I would like to share a short testimony before, we, before we f I finish. And it's about me returning back from a mission field in Belarus and stopping at uh, uh, airport in, in Moscow. And uh, it's a big airport. At 1 o'clock in the night, I wanted to, take, to rent a, a room. And I'm coming in and I'm asking. Um, I'm, I'm seeing there's a lady sitting there and there's a guy that looks like criminal. Russian criminal. And I'm, I'm looking at him and saying, no, I, I will not go at 1 o'clock to, to ask for a room from this guy. I came to this lady, and she says, okay, what do you need? I need a room for a night. You got to go to this guy beside me. All right, I'm coming to him. I say, what do you have, a cash or credit? I say, I have credit preferably maybe, but he said, cash is better. Okay, cash, no problem. <laughs> I will call someone, and they will come and pick you up at 1 o'clock in the night. They will call, going to pick you up. Oh, it, it doesn't look good. <laughs> but he's calling, and I hear there's a lady on the other side. So I say, okay, no, I can deal with it. It's no problem. And um, I'm waiting there, and then he said, someone will come pick you up, just wait. And I'm waiting, standing there, and I hear them speaking in a figurative language between each other as, uh, as if... Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's a symbolic language of criminal language. They're talking about uh, rabbit in running shoes. And I'm wearing running shoes there. And they say, there's a rabbit came here or something like that. And I'm just hearing it on, and, uh, from afar. And I'm saying, you've got to running shoes. You've got to take off right now. But I, I say, okay, no problem. I can manage it. I can, I can deal with it. I'm staying there. And there, the guy comes up and he says, look, follow me. I'm following him. There's another guy that joins us, his friend. And we are walking, th three of us, outside. The car comes. The lady uh, comes out, and she's look, he looks like, um, she's a lady, she's a woman, but she looks like uh, a Terminator. <laughs> Russian strong lady, you know, and she just picks up our, our bag, throws it in the car, and we're sitting, four of us now, in the car. And there is a criminal music playing in, in, the, in the car. And this lady opens up window and she shouts at the policeman. And they're, they're starting to talk with each other in a criminal language. I'm saying, where am I? What is happening now? We start driving. Very, very expensive car in Russia. And we're coming to the highway, to a freeway. And she's, right away she talks to me and she says, do you think we're going to the hotel? No, we're going to a forest in a swamp. Do you have car, cash or credit? I say, I have... Uh, uh, credit? Oh, no problem. We'll, we can uh, break your credit. Uh, and she, she starts telling about she's sitting in the jail and how she was respectful there. And we are coming and we're taking on the side towards the forest. And I'm just sitting there. She said, it's not a coincidence. There, there's a guy in front of you and besides you. We are not going to a hotel now. Forget about it. And I'm, I start praying like, God, 
is this how you're going to reward me for serving you on a mission field? Forresting as well. This is an affair. I'm praying, I'm crying out, and I feel there's something shifts in, in the atmosphere in the car. And we're taking left, and we're going straight to the hotel. There's gates open up, we're entering into hotel. I'm taking stuff, my stuff, I'm going to, to pay for my room. The guys are watching me, they're following me, and I'm, uh, I'm paying, and I just got any key. I was so, I came up, and I closed the door, and I put furniture against the door. <laughs> And I'm just sliding with my back against the wall and I'm saying, is this real happening? Am I real here? And two things God taught me through these things. First is I looked upon this guy that looked at a criminal and he, as if he was looking at me and saying, did you really think we're going you to take you to um, the forest? And so it was like he was offended that I was suspecting them. This is how, it, it, how I looked upon it. And the second thing, that's we're, when we're convinced that there is a forest and a swamp in front of us, God is preparing a resting place for us. Yeah. And if we but trust Him and follow His, his how is that? He will not bring us to destruction. He has a future and a purpose for our lives. And I'm speaking to someone that has... Uh, lost his hope or has a desperate situation and all the circumstances are shouting at you and crying you're not going to make it you're going to lose it all there's this forest and swamp in front of you you are done I, wanna, I want you to rise up in faith and trust God that God can turn around things and that He will show you the end it's not the end that's why you're, you're not to rush with the conclusions but know that God has destiny in mind for you Amen, Amen.